0: we thought that making this choice should reward customers and so we tried to make it more affordable per wipe more convenient by shipping to your door more delightful to use in terms of the physical product and the quality of the product but also the branding and the marketing and everything about it and more and more brands are starting to embrace this this idea that doing good should be a rewarding experience rather than a a major trade-off and it's really exciting to see You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Retail Remix podcast. As you know, I'm Alicia Esposito, and I'm thrilled to have with me on the show at Retail X today, Danny Alexander, co-founder of Who Gives a Crap? Danny, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Well, first and foremost, it's great to meet you. We've been keeping a close watch on your company that's doing some very cool, innovative things in a probably what some will consider not so innovative space. So let's take a step back. You founded Who Gives a Crap. What inspired you to not just start a business, but kind of get into the toilet paper business?
0: Yeah, I wish I could say it was from a passion for toilet paper as a product, but but actually it was a couple of problems we saw in the world that we really wanted to address. And so we heard one day that 27,000 trees every single day are cut down just to make toilet paper. And that really struck us. I mean, we're, of course, nature lovers and believed in in environmental sustainability. But just the simple nature that 27,000 trees, that's a, a massive forest, are being cut down every single day for something so basic as toilet paper. We figured there must be a better way to address that. There was some recycled toilet paper on the market, but it was all marketed pretty poorly. And we thought we could do a much better job. And then the second problem we wanted to address is more of a societal problem. Prior to Who Gives a Crap, I did a lot of work in international development and traveled the world and saw there are billions of people in the world who don't have access to even the most basic form of sanitation. So the toilet is the the most life-saving invention in the history of humanity. It saved billions of lives, something that we take for granted every single day. But it's something that over two billion people don't have access to. And so we thought there was a way to address that. And so Who Gives a Crap was born out of a need to solve some major problems. And so. We wanted to get the word out there and come up with the best product we could that would address both of these problems. We made environmentally friendly toilet paper out of recycled paper and bamboo fibers, and we just decided to donate half of our profits to help build toilets around the world.
1: Fantastic, so let's get into that business model. So like you said, you donate half of your profits to help build toilets and improve sanitation in the developing world. Incredible, and I think probably overlooks need. If we look at societal issues and causes, So let's dig into some of the quantitative or qualitative business impacts that you've realized since you've been in business since 2012, right? So what's been accumulating or what results have you seen as a result of this model? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's hard to attribute things just to one part of the model, right? Where we focus on the environment and we donate half of our profits. But I will say, we've seen incredible loyalty unlike anything you would expect in a normal business. And I think partly that's because of the fact that we're devoted to doing good. So the fact that we donate half our profits and the fact that we're made from better materials, I think inspires a kind of loyalty and retention that you wouldn't normally see. Similarly, I think we get so much word of mouth growth because I think people are proud to talk about the fact that they're making this small shift that's making the world a better place. And so from our perspective, Some brands might write this off as a marketing expense. For us, it's just the cost of doing business in the right way. But it definitely has major marketing impact on our top and bottom line.
1: I do want to dig into that a little bit because I feel like the companies that are most successful at this whole, I don't want to say cause marketing, but mission-driven retail, it's baked into everything that you do. And I think it's clear, it's present, like people can not just see it or hear it, but they can feel it as consumers. So I wanna dig into like how you do that. So you and, and your fellow co-founder, Simon and Jaehan, the entire team, like how does this go from a bigger picture mission to all of the tactical stuff? Because I mean even your marketing, your Instagram account, you know, just scrolling through. You're very fun and engaging, yep. but like I can still feel that mission present there.
0: Yeah, I think when we first donated our first million dollars, it was a moment of like major celebration internally. Right? You know, We went from this, this crazy idea to all of a sudden having donated a million dollars, and it was a huge moment of celebration. But it was also a moment of reflection for my co-founders and I, because we took a step back and said, a million dollars is great, but there are billions of people in the world who don't have access, right? So how are we gonna scale this in a way that's truly addressing the scale of the problem? And we took a step back and we said, we need to set a longer term goal. We can't just do annual strategies and quarterly planning anymore. And so we decided to set a long term goal of ensuring every single person on Earth has access to a toilet and clean water within our lifetime. And so, you know, we have a roughly 30 year goal that we're working towards, which is what all of our team know. And we recited at the beginning of every meeting that we have. And that essentially drives us thinking big and thinking boldly. But then, of course, we break that down into sort of five-year planning and one-year planning and quarterly planning. And so every, I think that just the facts that the work we're doing on a daily and quarterly and month and uh, annual basis is laddering up to this long-term goal, inspires a connection to the purpose within our team that I think permeates through their work and the marketing and everything else. In terms of the marketing, of course, we want to talk about the the impact we're having. But the way, the way we think about the brand is sort of like a, a dinner party or if you remember dinner parties once upon a time you used to have people in your home and, and have them over for dinner it's been a while but um the idea that we we have in terms of our brand is that we want to be the people you want to sit across from at a dinner party and you don't just want to sit across the table from someone who just returned from volunteering at an orphanage and donates all of their salary to charity and can't talk about anything about that it doesn't make you feel great about yourself, right? But you also don't want to sit next to the person who's just cracking jokes the whole night and can't talk seriously. And we think that the perfect person and the perfect brand in in that way is kind of a synthesis of those many qualities. And so we talk about our impact and want people to feel good about it, but we also don't want to only be that brand that only talks about that. And we want to be better customer experience, better product, better branding, better jokes, better everything.
1: Well, I think it makes it a bit more, like you said, a bit more relatable, but also feels probably a bit more achievable for your consumer too, because I think a lot of consumers are saying like, oh, I want to do business with brands that align with me from values perspective. I want to support companies that rally around a specific mission it's a very important topic and i think businesses are trying to determine you know what type of impact do we want to make in the world which i think is good but i think to your point the people who want to just start doing something but aren't quite sure where or they want to do something but they feel like they're they don't know how or aren't quite capable like it feels achievable like they can make these small steps which i think is important
0: yeah i mean from the beginning we saw that there were environmentally friendly options out there in toilet paper and other categories But traditionally, it meant that you had to pay more, go out of your way to a natural food store or something like that, deal with a product that didn't work as well in in terms of toilet paper that was significantly inferior quality. And we thought that was all backwards. We thought that making this choice should reward customers. And so we tried to make it more affordable per wipe, more convenient by shipping to your door, more delightful to use in terms of the physical product and the quality of the product, but also the branding and the marketing and everything about it. And more and more brands are starting to embrace this this idea that doing good should be a rewarding experience rather than a a major trade-off. And it's really exciting to see. Yeah,
1: I love that. So let's let's get into the consumer a little bit, because like I said, it's something that we've been hearing a lot. We've been studying, reporting on at RTP. People want to contribute to these businesses that are making an impact. I want to ask you, because again, you co-founded the company, I'm sure you're in a lot of these strategic planning meetings and you're overseeing where the brand goes at a tactical level. What are you seeing consumers want or respond to in the way of how this message or this mission comes to light? Like what's really resonating with them right now?
0: That's a great question. You know, I think we thought in the early days that our donations would be the message that really carried us. It was it was a, a pretty bold decision to donate half of our profits. And it, it is, and our customers love that. However, I think the growing awareness about the sort of environmental catastrophe that we're we're in and heading towards has driven customers to really look for products and brands that are actively trying to solve for climate change. And so a lot of our environmental messaging is really winning at the moment, and that's exciting to see that customers really want that. I think the other thing we're seeing, and we hear this a lot, we have a, a pretty large customer happiness team and we invest a lot of energy in trying to make the customer experience really delightful. And what we hear from our customers is that they're kind of sick of brands talking about things and not doing them. And if you ask me how customers know what's authentic and what's not, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they perceive that. But they are very receptive and responsive and they do really understand what what is genuine and what is not. And so I think the era of greenwashing and slapping a green label on something is coming to a close um, hopefully and i think customers are really looking for truly authentic brands that are truly committed to making a difference
1: absolutely agree so i mean this has been a period of rapid change over the past 18 months but it's been interesting to see that despite reports of consumers saying price matters more than ever or i care most about availability of product how quickly i can get product it still feels like this mission or values-driven consumption is still present, which I think, to your point, is indicative of the fact that this is here to stay. Have there been any interesting shifts or accelerations over the past 18 months that you think is worth noting? More people responding to this mission, more interest in certain areas?
0: I don't know that it's been growing too much as a response to the COVID dynamic and this sort of new reality we find ourselves in. But I will say it's been a, a really steady increase in awareness and desire from customers to find these products and these brands for many years leading up to the, this, these past 18 months. So I'd like to assume that going into the future, it'll continue to grow. I think the reality is storms are getting worse. The climate is changing. It's ever more present in our daily lives. And so I think it will only that will only force us to be looking for these brands and these solutions more than ever. So
1: as far as looking for or looking towards the future rather what new opportunities does your team see from a customer acquisition perspective because again more people seem to be values driven or values minded at least influences their decision making to some perspective so Are you looking at any particular trends, tech tactics in order to kind of maximize that reach and get more people on board with your mission?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, we're continuing to increase our marketing budgets and looking for new ways in in the traditional marketing realm of acquiring customers. I will say organic growth has always been our number one driver of growth. So word of mouth and people finding us in other people's bathrooms or in cafes or things like that, that has always been a huge driver of growth. And so we're actively thinking, how can we get more people to talk about us more of the time? And that's a a pretty different way of approaching things than saying, how can we spend another million dollars on Facebook? So I think that's one thing we're aiming towards. The other is connected to what I was saying earlier about the values-driven customer and people looking for brands that truly do make a difference. I think we're in an interesting dynamic now where there's We think there's going to be a a bit of a competition between brands to see who can do the most good. And so we're actively looking for ways to really not only increase the light of our products, but also increase the good we're doing. And so what can we do beyond making our products out of recycled recycled paper or donating 50% of our profits? How else can we do good in our communities and, and prove to our customers that we're earning their trust?
1: So does that mean there is possible opportunity for product expansion or going into new categories? Because I know right now, obviously, you have the toilet paper, you have tissues.
0: Yep, paper what, towels. Yep, what else is um, to come? Yeah, so uh, can't reveal too much about what else is to okay. come, but we are actively looking at new <laughs> <I tried>. products. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was nice. It was subtle. Um, but uh, I can't tell you too much about what we're actively making, but we are actively expanding our product portfolio. So um, we launched what we call the Dream Club last year, and that's a reusable alternative to paper towels. We're actively considering ways that we can help our customers eliminate waste in their daily lives and improve their impact with everyday decisions.
1: I love it. So to close out, Danny, I mean, obviously, Who Gives a Crap has seen such success, again, staying true to its mission, doing so in a very relatable and personal way, I could say, just in my research and interacting with newer brand across channels. Do you have any closing thoughts or recommendations for the other brands or retailers that are going through this process maybe feel they're a bit early on and aren't quite sure how to maintain that, I guess, continuity, right? Like continuing to stay true to that mission. Like you said, not just saying it, but actually doing it, making change and delivering a good experience at the same time. I mean, I feel like it's a lot to tackle. I mean, I don't live yeah. it and breathe it every day, but like what recommendations do you have since you've had that success building out that model?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that we do is we try to, uh, we try to consider different types of customers, and the sort of range that we try to think about are, what are the deepest green customers going to be asking of us? What are the customers who care about every ingredient and every process in every product that they consume? And then on the flip side, what about the customer who's never heard of environmentally friendly toilet paper, who has no idea that they're wiping with trees that have been cut from beautiful forests? And I think by considering those two, you force yourself to truly do enough good to satisfy the one customer but do it in a way that feels like a positive change and is understandable enough to appeal to the new customer. And so I think there's a tendency to just think about the one, which is the the 90% of your customers who have never heard about the the problem that you're trying to solve. But by thinking about that 10% or that 5% or that 1% of customers that truly care so much about this cause, that they will interrogate everything you do, that forces a level of integrity that really supports the entire 100% of the customer base to trust you. And I think that's really critical for our success.
1: Right. And I'm sure it probably keeps your team in line a little bit too, oh, right? Oh yeah. yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's a really interesting way to look at things. Well, Danny, it was really nice meeting you. It was Likewise. so great to hear about all of the trends that you're seeing, all of the success that Who Gives a Crap has seen. Thank you again so much for taking on the time. Thank
0: you. Really great to be here.
1: And uh, to all of you listening right now, if you have any thoughts or feedback on this episode, we'd love to hear it. We're on Twitter at rtouchpoints or on LinkedIn at Retail TouchPoints. Or if you liked what you heard today, leave us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and frankly, everywhere else. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.